All right. Hello, Aaron. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited for our conversation. Um, you're a very interesting person. You're a, a coach, a mentor, an entrepreneur, and you help a lot of people in, in various ways. And, you know, a lot of it's to do with, in your words, finding the impenetrable joy in life. And uh, I'm excited to to talk to you about that. I think it's a really important topic, you know, that people should uh, be able to hear and, and discuss and really just, you know, I mean, what else is life about, right? <laughs> if not that. Um, so I guess maybe let's start with just like, how did you get into this line of business? Like you want to hear my, my whole story or you want to hear just the Sure. Things? Let's okay. add the abbreviated version. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, so there was three defining moments that happened in my life that sort of got me to this place where I'm at now. And the first was an anxiety disorder that I created in a couples counseling therapy session. Um, And it started with having a panic attack in the first session and not having had one before. I didn't know what it was. And the counselor recognized it right away. And she um, asked if I would be interested in doing individual counseling. And so through that process of doing individual counseling and telling my trauma story over and over again, I created an anxiety disorder to basically um, shelter myself from feeling all the feelings that that brought up and um, which is kind of a metaphor for life, right? Because that's kind of what we do is we figure out ways to not feel. (laughs) Um, So I just to the nth degree decided, oh, I'll just create an anxiety disorder. So I just can't feel any of those things, (laughs) just anxiety. (laughs) Right. And that got resolved chemically, like my body, the experience of it through a homeopathic psychiatrist gave me a remedy and it almost completely went away within a few months, Hmm. Uh, which is interesting in itself, but it doesn't navigate the mental, emotional, spiritual piece of that. And so there was still work to be done, (laughs) even though I wasn't having the experience of uh, anxiety and panic attacks. Um, and so then I thought I'd move to a small town and, you know, because then I can't get triggered and it'd be simple life. And, uh, lo and behold, I was still there. <laughs> so I created all of that all over again, um, in the small town with, um, I started a business and it took off like gangbusters uh, sort of out of the gate. And, uh, I started immediately upon arriving there and, um, you know, it was crazy busy and had all these employees and I'd never done you know, I never had my business and own business before. So I didn't really know what I was doing. So I was learning trial by fire. Right. And it was going okay, except that I had a lot of anxiety and stress and overwhelmed a lot. And, um, about 10 years into that business, I had an incident happen. A client called in the morning and she said, uh, she was super upset about something my employees had done. I told her I'd be right over to fix the problem. And I just got frantic, which is what I would normally do when people would complain because I, I didn't, you know, it's a service-based business. I wanted to make sure everybody was okay. Right. And I raced over to my friend's house to drop my daughter off. And I sideswiped my car on her husband's truck that was in the driveway. Uh-oh. And there was no damage to his truck, but <clears throat> my car was the whole side was dented in and, it still didn't even stop me. I was still frantic. I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I got to go. And I left and I came back a couple hours later to pick up my daughter. And my friend told me that 
her husband was underneath the truck when I hit it and it was on stilts and he thought it was going to land on him and kill him. And I thought, Jesus. This is not, it's not okay. Like to live your life this way, to be so frantic and so crazy. I mean, it's real, real insanity. And, um, <clears throat> it just shook me. And I thought, well, I've got to figure out a way to do this differently. And so then I delved into self-development and started going to seminars and reading all the books and started to recognize there was a different way to do things. It seemed like there was. I saw other people that seemed to have less of a crazy experience. And so I started to enact some things and it was, you know, started to change some things. It wasn't a huge amount of change, but I was starting to feel less kind of crazy. And then a few years later, I found myself in a divorce. And for whatever reason, that divorce just, it sort of leveled me. I just, I thought, you know, I had done all this work, the self-development, right? And, and I couldn't keep a marriage together. Like I just, it just, I didn't understand it. I was very confused and it just felt very dark. And, um, I thought, man, I just need something. And so I picked up this book. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called the course in miracles. And, um, I started to read, you know, it's a, it's 365 passages. So it's meant to be a year long journey. And, um, you know, so I was going to the beach every morning, reading the passage, sitting with it, deciding if it meant something to me. And for the first month, I didn't feel like it was moving the needle at all. It just kind of felt like it was interesting and I was kind of taking it in. But the second month, uh, something very strange happened. I began to start seeing the word joy everywhere. It was like Mm. the path is joy. The answer is joy. It was just like joy, joy, joy. I kept just like hearing it. I mean, seeing it everywhere on the page. And I've never even gone back to see if it's still on there. I have no idea. (laughs) I mean, I assume (laughs) the word is on there somewhere, but, and so I just, um, I went, okay, finally, I was like, okay, I got it. I got the message. It's joy. That's the answer. But what's the question I'm trying to answer here? Like, (laughs) how do I get to that place? How do I experience that? And, um, and then a series of sort of, I mean, most people would say, oh, coincidence or luck, but I don't believe in those things. I think everything is in divine order all the time. And so I was open and ready to receive. And as it were, um, a seminar came Uh, a promotion for a seminar from a gentleman that I knew had met before and I knew it would be positive. So I went and it turns out it was a day long seminar on um, a visualization process that he teaches. And so I um, was super excited about it and I went home, started using it. And then all these things in my life just lined up. Uh, I met the love of my life in a very sort of, odd circumstance. I, my business that had been for sale for nine months with zero bites, went into escrow over a bidding war. And, um, I went and trained with that gentleman to teach his regular seminar. And I came home and put on my first seminar. And within five minutes, I was like, ah, this is what I'm supposed to do. Like I found my purpose supposed to teach people how to find their joy and cultivate it daily so that they can have that as their predominant experience. Wow. I mean, that's a hell of a story, right? And 
I mean, life's quite like that, you know. It throws a bunch of shit at you that just floors you. And then sometimes just something happens that just puts the pieces together, right? And so, yeah. so who was this, who was this uh, teacher that, that you studied under? Uh, Mike Dooley. Okay. Mike Dooley, yeah. He wrote yeah. a book called Infinite Possibilities, and he was also in The Secret. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the um, seminar that I was teaching was called uh, Infinite Possibilities, The Art of Changing Your Life. Mm-hmm. It was predominantly about the law of attraction. Yeah. I mean, the law of attraction and visualization has always fascinated me, right? Um, and I think it, it very much appeals to people at least on a, at least on a superficial level of being like, Oh, that's cool. I can get what I want. Right. Um, like I want all these things and maybe I can use this technique or this tool to just like get all this cool stuff or, you know, that I'm interested in. And I, I guess to some degree it can work that way, but that's not really what it's about. Right. It's more about cause and effect, right? And mm-hmm. I think, you know, when you get down to it, it's about intention. You know, like, what are you bringing to the world? Whatever you're bringing to the world is coming back at you. It's not, there is no right, wrong, good, or bad about it. It's just being able to go, oh, okay, so this showed up in my life. Where did I somehow have an intention to create that? Because that's how powerful we are. We can create whatever we want. But the other piece of that, that I, you know, like to tell people is that we want what we want because of how we think we're going to feel when we have it. You know, we want the car and the house because we've been told that when we have those things, we're going to feel super good. I'm asking people to feel super good now, regardless of what's going on in your life and recognize that the things like literal things like cars and houses and, and the material things, those create or bring about a small amount of happiness. And that's not something you can cultivate true freedom, which is joy is cultivated internally. And so Mm. when we, rely on, uh, material things to make us feel better. Um, they do temporarily, but, and that's what I call happiness, but joy is the internal journey where you go inside and you not fix, but repair, repair the things, grow and learn and understand who you are. And, where there's some default settings that are a little wacky that need some adjustment. And, you know, it's not a good or bad, right or wrong thing. Again, it's just, we're here to learn and grow and, and, um, become our fullest potential. And the only way to do that is by going inside. There's no, you'll never win that other game. There's never going to be enough money. Right. Houses. There's always more you can get, right? And want yeah. at that level. And so it's sort of like no matter how much you achieve, well, it's just a means to the next achievement, right? And so, yeah, I mean, but it, it's interesting that it is a sense of like, well, people are doing that because they're trying to find that joy. Um, at le- even if they're, I guess, not doing it consciously, 
there's at least the subconscious level of like, you know, if you ask people questions about like, well, what do you want in life? And they'll say, I want this stuff and whatever it is. And if you ask why, and you sort of keep pushing that why question, you ultimately get to a point of like, well, because I just want to be happy or I want to feel peaceful or I, you know, just want um, contentment with living, right? And those things, think you think that when you can get those things, like that will get you there, right? And then for me, I, I always look at the examples of like, um, you know, people who have all the stuff and are still miserable and still you don't do well. Often, you know, they do worse than uh, people who don't have that stuff because it also comes with a whole territory of like difficulties and problems that you didn't really know are going to happen when you get to that level. Um, <laughs> and also, yeah, I mean, it, it's just like, it is, it, it's a weird kind of game, but then there are people, you know, in sort of spiritual, to, just to colloquially use that word, the sort of like the spiritual community of people who are like, no, there's other ways of living. Right. And that's been around for thousands of years, that tradition of, of teachings and wisdom um, you know, and I guess it kind of comes in and out of like popular fashion, so to speak, but, um, it's something that has been around and that gets taught. And, you know, you do see people who live in these communities or who are just teachers or, or preachers or whatever they are. And they, they just have a different energy about them. Right. And they're so magnetic in the sense of like, well, you just want to know, like, well, how do you do it? Like, what's your secret? Right. Which I guess is kind of like why um there's such a draw to these things is because people always seem to be trying to improve right we do have this will as humans to be like i want to be better 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 um but it's just to be better to feel good right and then you know you someone like you comes along and you you sort of say well actually you can feel good now and always just about right um and so how do you sort of begin that process, right? Like with people, like where, where do you start off? Well, I kind of want to backtrack a little bit, if you don't mind. Yeah, go for just, it. Um, just, you know, just in what you were saying, the, you know, first of all, there, in, in my, from my vantage point, there is no either or thinking. It's and, right? Like we like to think that, you know, you can either be this spiritual person and be broke or you can be right. And then we've had some examples of people who aren't like Deepak Chopra, right? Like he's right. clearly not broke. Yeah. Um, and it had, they have, they, they're not, I mean, they're interconnected because they're part of who we are in our experience, but they're not, it's not an either or you can both be abundant in all areas and recognize that, all the things and that stack of cash and, you know, the material stuff and is, um, fleeting compared to the internal journey and the experience of recognizing who you truly are and doing that work. I'm just, I just wanted to throw that out there so that people yeah. didn't think, you know, oh, well, I can be spiritual and broke or I can be the other, right? Um, the other thing I wanted to say is that you know, what people are grasping for is this idea of security. Like mm -hmm. if I have enough money, uh, or if I can afford this kind of car, that shows that I am financially secure in some way. And I just want to say 
good news, bad news is there is no security, right? And right. so when we can let go of the idea that we're grasping for, or in Buddhism, they call it grasping for ground. Like you're trying to like grasp for anything to like hold you down to, you know, the earth. And, uh, and there isn't that, at least not externally. Internally, right. there is just the letting go of the allowing of things to just be life to just unfold as it unfolds. I think with the law of attraction, a lot of times people get real into action taking, which there's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with action taking, but it becomes sort of like a forceful and it's uh, more subtle than that. It's, you know, when we get right with ourselves and aligned with ourselves, we can call in all kinds of abundance to our lives. We don't, we don't need to force anything like ever. Right. And do you think that that security, uh, that people are looking for, I mean, presumably that comes from fear, right? Like oh, yeah. a, a lot of the stuff is fear based. Like you, you fear that, oh, well, uh, you know, sort of primit primarily you're like, uh, to that you're going to die or something like that. And then there's all, <laughs> associated things with that of like dying alone or dying this way or that way or too early or too late or in the wrong place at the wrong time or you know you can make up a, a whole lot of reasons of, of things to be afraid of and i mean in some sense it's true because they do sort of happen that way so you can it's not all just like made up but it's not real in the sense of it's actually happening to you most of the time you're just worried that it might happen to you um, or like, what if it, what, what if this, or what if that, right? And yeah, I and would that's say that's one. predominantly where people are living. They're not in mm. this present moment. They're thinking about if I make this decision, then this, this, and this is going to happen. And then they're making up stories about all the things, right? Based on right. past experiences. Cause they're going, Oh, this happened in the past. So if that's the case, then, um, if I want to create this, then I need to do these steps to make this outcome happen. And it really does not work that way. <laughs> like right. Almost never, you know, and, but yet we don't go back and go, wait a minute. I thought I had the formula, right? It was X equals Y and I did X and Y did not show up how I wanted. So now I get to be in reaction over <laughs> why Y is not that way. And then make up another story about why it is versus right. what I'm asking people to do, which is, you know, move energy in directions, you know, get intentional about what you want to create in your life and, and move toward that without any expectation of how it shows up. It shows up how it is in divine order as everything is. And so when we can stop the resistance to what's going on and just be exist, then the experience is freedom. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, I don't have to be attached to what people are saying, what circumstances are happening, what outcomes are happening. I can just move energy, get intentional about what I want to create. You know, speaking of like cars, if the intention is to get a nice car because you want other people to see you driving a nice car because that means something. That's a very different intention than I want to drive a vehicle because it's energy efficient and reduces um, environmental issues and right. Very different intentions. 
not good or bad, either of them, totally fine. Just recognizing that we, we get to have the internal dialogue with ourselves to understand ourselves to the deeper why of why we want these things and why we want our life to look this way. So we can right. continue to ask ourselves questions like, why do I want to have that, you know, Lamborghini or whatever, right? Yeah. Is it because I want to go super fast and, you know, I'm a mechanic and I love, you know, engines or is it because I think that it's going to make me feel better or look better to other people? And again, no right or wrong. Just, you know, we, we want to approach this life in wonder and, uh, curiosity like, Oh, why do I want these things? What is that telling me? Right. And so when people go on that quest, uh, that like internal quest of why, right. And, and figuring out why you want things and then they come to answers. Um, does that, do you find that that often changes how people look at it or is it more just trying to understand just the reasoning behind it? Does that make sense as a question? It does. I've never had anybody ask me that question before. Um, I'm not sure. Let's see. Let, when I um, am working with a client, a lot of what we're doing is learning about emotional uh, awareness. Mm -hmm. And... And I guess that fits into that. I mean, that's, that was kind of where I first went to when you asked the question yeah. is recognizing, you know, why we, you know, first of all, why we do what we do, but also why we're choosing, right? What are we choosing and why we're choosing it? And what are we hoping the, you know, to get from it or feel from it? Right. Yeah. I suppose like once you start asking those questions, it, it would naturally could bring in an element of like questioning whether that's what you actually want, right? So perhaps, you know, like I'll say, okay, well, I want a house, right? I want to own a house um, and then I, that's just what I want to do, right? Why? Because everyone has a house. I want a house. I want someone to live um, and, you know, I sort of have a list of reasons. And then if I sort of go deeply into it, Right. And I say, well, but really, why do I want a house? And then, you know, let's just say for an example, it's like, well, because I want that sense of security, right? Of having a place to be. Because, you know, without a place to be, I mean, you're really living in an uncertain reality. Um, at least with a house, you sort of think that there's some sort of certainty. Like, of course, there isn't, right? A tornado could whack it down the next day and whatever, because that happens, you know, I wouldn't say frequently, but like often enough that it can, you know, just kick you in the, in the leg to be like, you know, don't get too comfortable. Um, but so if I, or, or maybe a better example would be like if I was like, I want a big house, right? Because I want to have all the stuff and I want to show people and, and that kind of things. Um, and then you sort of look into that and you're like, well, really what I want is just a place of my own that I can, you know, go to and that, uh, you know, maybe I'm there by myself or with a partner or something like that. And then you sort of look at that and then you're like, well, if that's really what I want, which is just that sort of, you know, um, place of my own or something like that, then you can sort of say, okay, well then do I really need a big house? No, probably not. So maybe, you know, I can readjust that focus to be like, well, 
uh, it, it, that, the big parts, you know, secondary, the house part or the location part sort of is the primary part of it, right? In a particular place that you want to live or whatever it is. And so it would make sense to me that once you start connecting with the reasons, things would change if you're willing to allow them to, right? Maybe not always, because maybe you, ha- you do have it right. And you're like, well, I want to be healthy because I want to live. I mean, you know, it's quite hard to take away all the reasons for things because we're very like motivated people, generally speaking, for some stuff, uh, at least. And so, um, yeah, but I, I guess like, so I, I want to go back to what you were saying about intention, right? When you say, when you talk about intention, do you use it in the same way that it's sort of generally used? Like, oh, I intend to do this meaning like I have a goal to do it that I want to do. Is that the kind of intention or what? what is it? Well, a couple of things. <clears throat> Excuse me. One of the things I would say is um, most of us uh, don't recognize that we have the opportunity to be intentional about what we're creating in our lives on a regular basis, that the amount of energy that we spend typically goes to the not want right? It's like, oh, I don't want this. This doesn't feel good. Right. Mm. And the shift really, in my estimation, if you're wanting to be in a creative space is to recognize the not want and then intentionally state the want, right? So it's like, I don't want to be in anxiety anymore, but what I really want. So the energy right now is on the anxiety, right? But what I really want is to feel at peace. Mm -hmm. So then we also include the actual, what is the outcome that we want? What is the experience that we want to have instead? Um, But the intention itself is really about getting super clear about why you want what you want, um, Mm -hmm. which is what we've kind of been talking about is on a deeper level, just really understanding, uh, you know, what is it that we do want? It's not, you know, recognizing that we have all these outside influences that tell us, you know, kind of what is what we're supposed to want, right? Which is the the car, the picket fence, the, you know, 2.5 kids, the whole, right? All <laughs> the things, the clothes, the lifestyle, the, right? Yeah. And I think if people will take the time to actually sit with themselves and really discover what it is that they want, they'll come to find that a lot of what they want, they already have. You know, I already told you there's no security, so that's out the window. (laughs) You know, I mean, believe me or not, but like you said, a tornado can come, the stock market could crash. Uh, the business that you work for or um, that you own could go down the toilet at any moment. We have no, I mean, if this last year and a half didn't say anything, yeah. it definitely said that, you know, like yeah. we had COVID no idea it was coming. Yeah. yeah. And it leveled the playing field. Everybody had to deal with it. It wasn't like the yeah. rich people got away with not dealing with it. And the, you know, poor people, like everybody did it. It certainly hit marginalized folks harder, of course, as, as most everything does, right? Mm-hmm. Um, however, we all had to deal with it and we've all had to deal with it and adjust. And, um, 
FYI, this is not the last thing that we're going to have to deal with and adjust to. Like other things are coming down the pike (laughs) for our benefit, right? For the purpose of supporting us in this experience to grow and heal. And, Mm -hmm. and so what's next? Who knows? And it doesn't matter because when you navigate the inner landscape of you, it, it is irrelevant what's going on out here. When right. you've got the inside part handled. I mean, does mm-hmm. that mean that you never go into reaction? Absolutely not. It happens. But the reaction time goes like that. It's like, ah, I'm in reaction. So interesting. On to the right. next thing. Right. Instead of sitting in it and getting angry with people or whatever your, because we all have a primary thing that we love to do when we're upset. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some people it's crying, some people it's yelling, some people it's, um, you know, holding themselves up and they're away from people or, um, and so whatever that primary thing is that every time that comes up, that's your opportunity to go, ah, there's more healing and growth that can take place in that space because that's what it's for. And so pandemic, yeah, that sent a lot of people in a tailspin. Mm -hmm. I felt like it was a beautiful thing. Uh, in so many ways. I mean, I'm, I, sure. you know, there was um, turmoil for a lot of people that, you know, I can, I have compassion for and, you know, many people died and I have compassion for that as well. And I think it raised the consciousness level like exponentially. Yeah. Because everyone was really forced to rethink and readjust. Now, uh, yeah, I would say it didn't necessarily have a positive outcome for everyone, but certainly a lot of people just in their own lives have been like, oh, well, I guess, you know, I quite like simple things. Like I thought, you know, I needed all this complexity and fancy stuff in life and whatever, but really the things that mean the most to me, you know, are just like simple stuff, good relationships with people, um, you know, just a place to be, food. Like really like basic things that, as you say, like most people already have, but we get lost in this perception of like it needs to be better because it doesn't feel good enough um, or it's something's not quite right or, you know, there's some sort of unease that sort that perpetuates. Now, but I just, before we we go on, when when you say that like people get stuck in reaction, right, Uh, or you should notice your reaction when it's happening. Is that reaction that you're talking about, is that like just your immediate, like uncontrolled response to things? Is that kind of what it is? Like, what do you um, oppose reaction to? Yeah, no, I think that's exactly what it is. It's, you know, when you're driving and the person in front of you is going under the speed limit, like, how are you navigating that? You know, are you just like... I mean, are you in a hurry to get past them for just because you're in, because you need to get past them or you're in a hurry because you left late and didn't give enough time, you know what I mean? So it's all becomes about taking responsibility for you and what's, and the reactions that you're having to life, you know, people, Mm -hmm. circumstances. See, the thing is, is we have these experiences at a really young age where we decided things and how, uh, this life was supposed to show up for us based on those experiences. Um, you know, some of it was traumatic. Some of it was just everyday stuff like, 
you know, somebody who is older than you scolding you for something or whatever. And you decided at that moment, something about yourself. And in that decision, that's the piece I'm interested in. What did you decide? Did you decide that you weren't good enough, that you didn't deserve, you're not worthy, you're not lovable? Because we all decided something in that ballpark, in that arena of things. And that's what's running our decisions. It's also these experiences that we had are also what we are determining uh, our expectations for other people, how they should show up or not show up. If they don't show up how we want, then we are allowed to be in reaction to them, right? And we're allowed to make them wrong and we're allowed to make up stories about them. And we're allowed to tell all of our friends and family, <laughs> you know, why they're a so-and-so because they yeah. did whatever, right? And if they agree with us, then we're allowed to be in relationship with uh, with them. If they don't, then they're exiled, right? right. Enemies. <laughs> and so, yeah. And so it's, and so these, these commitments that we made to these ideas happened at a very young age, like before the age of eight. And so most people don't recognize that those commitments that you made aren't everybody's commitments. And yeah. so you, you decided these things, but then you didn't have everybody else sign the contract on these things too. And so <laughs> we wonder why we don't get along. It's because we all had different experiences. And so we keep trying to hold people to our experiences. So we get in relationship with the ones who had similar experiences with us. And the, as you said, the enemy is the other people who had different experiences. <laughs> and yeah. so this divisiveness continues, right? It happens in our politics. It's happening now still with, you know, the vac vaccination um, uh, issues <laughs> around all everything. That. Yeah. You know, and so... I'm here to say that it's not black and white. It Everything is gray. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, when you find that you're, you're in like all of a sudden, like that person is wrong, that's a moment to go, wait a minute. I can be right and they can be right. Or both of us are wrong. Or there's some in between. I'm partially right. They're partially right. Whatever the thing is. And who cares who's right, right? Right. The reality is, is it's, they're just labels. So we decided all these labels, we committed to them and then we make everybody else be committed to our stuff. You know, it's also called projection, right? right. <laughs> like I'm going to tell you what's wrong with you. And every time you have somebody say things like that to you, you can just switch the statement around to that's what they're thinking about themselves. And mm -hmm. they say, you are this way. That's them saying, I am this way. Yeah. No, it, it is very interesting. We can see from ourselves, you know? Right. It, no, you're absolutely right. And it's very interesting how, you know, each person has their unique view of reality, right? And as you say, like, the way you, the all sorts of things went into building the structure of your brain that now perceives this reality, right? Or your mind or however you want to characterize it. But just you see reality in a particular way and you add on all sorts of meaning to things that it isn't there except in your vision of it, right? And so that's why it makes sense that something happens 
and you characterize it immediately or your default mode is just to be like, that's bad, right? Um, and that's because you've learned to interpret it in, in that way. Um, not necessarily consciously, probably mostly just unconsciously just trying to survive and do your thing in the world, but that's just kind of the nature of things. Um, and then if you sort of take that step back and you're like, well, actually, there's a few ways that you could interpret this and someone who's in a different position might see the same thing and have a different reality of exactly the exact same objective reality, right? Of like, well, they see it differently, but it's not how you see it. And the feeling of that is that, well, you're right and they're wrong because to admit to yourself that like your vision or perception of reality is wrong is very difficult because it, it forces you into this really challenging spot of being like, well, things aren't how I think they are. And it's not a fun exercise all the time because <laughs> it, it's very uncertain, a lot of it, right? And it sort of plays into what we've been saying about like, I mean, we didn't use this expression, but it's like kind of like better the devil you know, right? Where it's like the uncert the realm of uncertainty is so broad and your mind can come up with so many worse versions of how it could be that you kind of just are willing to accept the relatively bad version now because it's at least predictable, <laughs> right? And and you know what's coming even though you don't like it. Uh, but to be able to actually be like, well, I'm open to seeing it differently is like a very courageous thing to do, right? And it's not most people's go-to move um for i guess it makes sense right because if you were always questioning everything all the time you'd be too busy to in your head to do anything <laughs> ever <laughs> i mean it would be insane if every move you made you were second guessing yourself right but there certainly are those pivotal moments where it really comes into view and someone cuts you off and you're, you're like, oh, fuck this guy, you know, or whatever. And they're like, what a dick. Like, how can this person be alive? Or, you know, a whole sort of like things that are all happening in your head. You don't know what's going on. I mean, that person might have a real emergency that if you knew about would change your whole perspective of things. Um, or maybe they didn't. Maybe they're just a dick and or whatever it is. And again, it's like, well, if you let them influence you, not, I mean, I don't know. It, it's complicated, right? Because it's like the world does have an impact on you but it doesn't have to stay that way right so like you you can get this feeling of like anger or let's just use it as an example so you have this encounter and you just get rushed with like this emotion of anger but then with some like awareness of, of yourself and of your internal workings you can be like well i do feel angry am i going to act angry or am I going to sort of just let it pass? Am I going to ruminate on it? Um, and, you know, I guess people have different levels of control over that kind of stuff. And it, it gets easier with time, right? Um, but it, yeah, it, it I mean, is interesting for sure. that is the process. Sure. The process mm -hmm. is understanding yourself emotionally. That's emotional awareness. Right. And then deciding different right? Because yeah. you can decide different. That's the one thing you can do. Everything else is up for grabs. Right. As you said, you know, it's just like, I mean, we literally can't control other people and we can't control circumstances. So as much as we what would can like to we control, we can control our experience of those things. And so it becomes this 
it's not about the control piece. It's more of empowerment than control. It's I'm going to, I'm going to shift the power from you being responsible for my emotional experience to me being responsible for my emotional experience. Right. So mm-hmm. it looks like, uh, you know, or I don't know about you, but I was basically taught as a kid. And I think most people are that, Oh, that person said that. So it made me feel this way. But from yeah. a responsible stance, it's that person said this, I feel this way. Why do I feel this way? Right. Because that's has, how I'm interpreting it. Yeah. Because you, you know, like that person could say the same thing to me and you, and one of us could be in reaction. The other one couldn't be. So is it that person or is it us? It's us. It's always going to be us. The work Mm -hmm. is always going to be internal. It's never going to be about the other person. And so when you're in reaction, it is all you. That's the good news, bad news. (laughs) Yeah. That it's you. It's always going to be you. If you want to point a finger, it's still you, (laughs) right? Projection, still you, (laughs) right? So then it just becomes, oh, okay. So then you just get introspective and you start to just be curious. It's not beat yourself up because you're flipping out over some guy who cut you off. It's get interested in why, you know, not right. because you need to figure out where it came from or any of that, but because we have latent emotions that we have been, uh, you know, tamping down for so long. They've got to get out of our body. They, these are the things that cause illness is holding all this stuff in. Our body holds it in and creates disease around it. We don't need that. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, and the experience is not great. <laughs> I mean, like uh, yeah. Sucks. being angry all the time, you know, and a lot of times people don't even know they're angry all the time. They have no idea. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, the process really becomes awareness of when am I in reaction what, and then not because of somebody else, what, what am I like, what's going on with me? Right. And then, and you, uh, yeah, there's two points actually there that I think you made that are really good. And the first one is to not, um, be self-critical or self-reproaching about how you're being in the world. Right. Cause then you're just doing a, a different version of the same thing. Um, you're just pointing the finger at yourself, but not in a helpful way. Right. And I mean, for me, at least like that rings true where, um, you know, I've, it's easy for me to be like, well, uh, I'm angry. It's my fault. Right. I suck. Like that's the problem. It's oh, not yeah. like, it's easy oh, to go to fault, yeah. shame, blame, like whose right. fault is it? You know, I'd love to do that. And Yeah. And that, that's not helpful either. Right. And, and that's mm-hmm. not what you're saying. Like if I'm understanding correctly, what you're saying is like, well, for me, let's just say the, exercise or the the process or whatever it is would be to be like okay well i'm feeling angry right now let's say right um and then so where do you take it from there do you say like why Um, am i feeling angry or do you is it more just to be like okay i'm angry i you know i have some ideas about it being this and that person's fault or my fault or you know doing this sort of blame game um but how do you like take that down Right. So the process is, this is uh, for me, this is what I teach. And this is what I believe is the truth. 
The mm-hmm. process to change is first awareness. So that, that includes the crisis that brought you to my, uh, table, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's the, I can't stand it. It's when you cross the threshold of pain where you no longer can navigate, right? So you're, I've got to find another way to do this thing. So that's the crisis. That's awareness. And then the other piece is the emotional awareness. So navigating when we're in reaction. Once you do that, then we get intentional, right? So then we switch it from, I don't want to be in anxiety. I don't want to be stressed out. I don't want to be overwhelmed or angry or whatever the word you want to put in that blank is. What I do want is to have peace or calm in my life or have peace of mind, right? So we get intentional. And then we talk about strategies, like how do I reframe this experience. Sometimes the strategies are just, um, acknowledgements that, ah, here I am in anger again. That's so interesting. Right. One of the things that I learned, uh, do you know this book? It's called the new earth by Eckhart Tolle. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah, book. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. So one of the things that was profound for me that he said is everything is neutral. We're the ones that bring emotion, to it, uh, reaction to it. We are the ones, everything is neutral. So when I said the pandemic was positive, actually it was neutral. I took it as positive because I saw all of the growth that happened for people. And I saw the people waking up to reality. And I saw, yes, there were some deaths, but how do I know those deaths weren't positive too? Right? Because people learned from them. Um, you know, there's so, I mean, again, it's that lens that we see everything through. So then you start to look at each of these reactions as they come up and the process is, it's just like you can't go to the gym one time and lift a weight and be buff, right? It, you just, it takes time. And so, but, but I tell you, if you do this, you will find freedom on the other end. The other end mm-hmm. looks like I no longer have to be in reaction to anybody or anything, or I can, and I can go through it like that and move on quickly. Right. I can recognize and go, ah, healing needs to take place there. I'm going to sit with this. So then from there, so you have the awareness, you have the intention strategies to navigating that difference. Sometimes it'll look like, you know, how do I, change my perspective? How do I rid myself of some underlying beliefs? How do I reframe or rewire, refire my brain activity? How do I like one simple exercise is that whole, you know, being in uh, traffic or whatever, somebody cuts you off. That was one of the first things I taught myself because I used to get super angry uh, driving And what I realized is I could start to look at that person with compassion and go, Oh, maybe they just lost their job and they support, you know, a family of five. Maybe they just found out their wife or husband has cancer or a debilitating disease or right. So I reshaped that like immediately every time something like that happened and it changed my experience. Did it change it immediately? It didn't like in that second. Now I don't even think about it. Like that stuff just doesn't come up for me anymore because it's not in my reality anymore. But it did take time to go to these and they're little things, 
but powerful, right? Because if you start to show and recognize compassion that everybody is going through something all the time, if you could mm-hmm. come from that place, we would no longer be angry with other people. You wouldn't be angry at the customer service rep. You wouldn't be angry at the grocery store clerk. You wouldn't be angry in traffic. None of these things would matter anymore because you could see them. And I heard the story the other day. Uh, somebody was saying that they always picture it's their grandma. Like, mm. would you be honking and flipping off your grandma because she's driving slow? No, you'd be wishing her well on her way so that she got home safely. Right. Yeah. So this is the kind of compassion that we need to not need to, but I encourage people to start to enact in their life today immediately. That's available right now. Right. And these are the things that just takes these little tweaks, but you got to do them over and over and over again. And so when you, if you know that anger is the thing that you go to and you find yourself in anger, this awareness is, ah, there's anger. I see it now that's happening in this scenario. So then you become the detective of your life in curiosity and wonder. You go, why am I angry right now? Right. You start to ask yourself these questions, not so that you can come up with answers, but just acknowledge, ah, I'm in anger right now. I'm in reaction right now. Interesting. I wonder why, just so you can get present moment awareness. I'm in anger now. And then how you move that needle from here to here to, to freedom is you recognize it sooner and sooner. So then you're like, oh, you recognize it while you're in, oh, my voice is raised right now. Why am I yelling? Like, why am I so right. upset? Right. While you're doing it. And then the next stage might be, oh, this is leading to, so this thought pattern or the people saying this or behaving this way leads to anger. And then I start yelling and then this whole pattern of things happens, right? Or this whole experience happens. So then you just start to move the needle ever so slightly you know, sometimes it goes back a little bit, but then it yeah. keeps going, right? But it it does, it's wonky. <laughs> it doesn't feel yeah. good either. I'm just going to tell you, it does not feel good right. initially. But when you recognize that this is the path through to release, to heal, to grow, to freedom, so that you aren't beholden to anybody or anything anymore, You'll keep doing it because you'll start yeah. to see the people in your life shift too, in mm-hmm. response to you. And how beautiful is that? If your go-to is impatience with your children and all of a sudden you're not, I mean, you can see like shock register on people's faces when you show up differently. Yeah. And just like they don't, they don't know it exactly. They're not exactly registering it on a conscious level. But they're going, wait a minute, normally you would be yelling at me right now and you're not. Right. And so it's And there's never a better time to start, right? Absolutely. And just, I mean, if you're going to be compassionate with anybody, be compassionate with yourself first. Yeah. Right? Like, we're all, like, I don't know anybody who is out to, like, really harm other people. I mean, even people who, you know, are sociopaths and psychopaths and all those, you know, they are doing these things, but it's not conscious. It's, you know, I do believe everybody, 
you know, a lot of it is due to their experiences, right? They were shown that. And, um, interestingly enough, when I used to do work in the um, county jail, I was reading all these statistics on it and it's something crazy. Like you never see these kinds of statistics. There's something like 80% of people who are incarcerated have a, um, detachment disorder. Like they never attached to a caregiver of any sort, family or otherwise. I mean, you Mm -hmm. can imagine if you're not, if you never received any kind of love or some form of sort of like belongingness in this world, that you might do some outlandish things. Yeah. Join a gang, do something like that. Feel, you know, part of something. Exactly. Um, no, it makes sense. I mean, it, it is interesting, you know, when you look into those kind of stats and you see, you know, I, I can't remember who said it or, or wrote it or something, but they were like, you know, the, our most traumatized people are locked up, you know, mm-hmm. like that's how we treat the people who are the most traumatized, I, you know, for, for not wanting to say something that like it's incurable or, or that it's a problem or it, you know, it's just like, they're they're not just like people who are out to destroy the world, right? Everyone's trying to find this joy. They just go about it in peculiar ways. And even the people who, you know, as we were saying earlier, who, who we villainize and we like to think of as evil, it's like, well, actually, if you just ask them, they're, they're trying to do the same thing you are, which is the, the so-called right thing, right? And they're just, they're just going about it in a different way. And sometimes those ways lead to a lot of death and suffering, and that's unfortunate, I suppose. But um, that's just how the reality that we live in at the moment. Um, I mean, you can see it everywhere. I mean, no one and nothing's exempt from it, right? And whether you're super successful, you live in this country or that country, everyone suffers. It's a human condition. And I suppose it's you suffer until you realize that you don't have to suffer, right? And then you can start on that process that, you know, that you're talking about, which is that process to freedom, which is to see that the world isn't causing all the suffering in you. It's how the suffering comes from in you. It's not your fault, but it, that's, it's just a conditioned way of being that you don't have to actually be in, right? And it's not actually that difficult to step out perhaps to completely transform your life and existence take some time and effort and energy and all those kinds of things sure but it, the actual thing to the, the process of doing it is really just in every moment you know in this moment it's like how am i going to be and do i have a choice in the matter sometimes yes i guess sometimes no depending on the extremity of the situation you know, I guess a lot of times in really extreme situations, like you're just doing what's happening anyway. You're just, you're completely just reacting to the situation. And perhaps that's, you know, a good thing. Sometimes it saves your life and you do things without thinking and that's good. Um, but sometimes it's not. And, you know, you end up doing things that are unhelpful to say the least, <laughs> um, <laughs> and end up causing more suffering. And, you know, I guess perpetuating karma is, is a way of looking at it. Um, but it is difficult, right? Because in those, not always, but sometimes in those moments, like the negative emotion is so intense and it's so unpleasant and 
you just, you just, there is that sense of like, I just need to get rid of this. Like it feels terrible. Um, sometimes it feels like you're dying, even though at some level, you know, you're not right. Panic attacks are a great example of that where you think you're dying and you also know you're not dying, but it certainly feels like it is right. And you can't, I mean, you can talk to someone who's having a panic attack all you want and it's not going to help. Um, you can reassure them. You can, it, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's at such a much deeper level that only they have the power to be able to do something about it or not, but at least be aware of, of what's happening. And, you know, it, it is, it's a process and it's not a life sentence either, right? Um, if you, you know, panic disorders and things like that, but regardless, it is, it, it, it's a really different way of approaching life than, than sort of what is usually, you know, it's not even that it's taught, it's just how it is. Right. Yeah. We're just super. I mean, we literally spend all of our time trying not to feel anything. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's just, or, or trying to feel pleasure. Right. So right. it's either the not feel anything, we don't want to feel anything bad, and then we're seeking pleasure. And, and I don't have an issue with seeking pleasure at all. And sure, but not to the extent of not experiencing pain or suffering. Like, and the other piece is, you know, the reason that anxiety, panic attacks and anxiety disorders are is because we are so afraid to feel the thing. We choose anxiety over the thing. Mm. And the thing typically is not that bad. There are, I mean, think about all the times that you made up stories about things like, oh my gosh, you know, it's going to turn out this way. And then, you know, the whole doom and gloom thing, right? It yeah. never turns out that way. Mm-hmm. And even <laughs> that if it worst does, it's case different. Scenario, yeah. The worst case scenario you created in your head doesn't happen, but we don't say like, oh, that didn't happen. I should stop thinking that way because that's how yeah. everybody thinks, right? Yeah. You're like, oh, and it didn't happen this time, but it might happen next time. Exactly. Right? It's not happening next time either. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, that's it. And it's, I mean, that's craziness, right? Mm. This idea that we know what's going to happen. Like we have no idea, like none. Yeah. And yet we continue to act as though we know what's going to happen. And we take all these precautions. Yes. I'm not saying don't wear your seatbelt, wear your seatbelt. <laughs> They've done a lot of studies. It seems yeah. to work. But I also know friends who have been in horrific car accidents that did not have their seatbelt on and had they had their seatbelt on would have died. Right. So I'm just saying there is no answer. So if you can be okay with that, (laughs) then you have freedom, right? Because then you're not worried. You're trying to control all the things you're just trying to experience. But this idea that, you know, I think people get so caught up in this idea that I don't want to feel the things because it's going to be so painful. I won't be able to handle it. You can handle it. It might suck, but you can handle it. And here's the thing. If you handle it over and over and over again, it gets less powerful and you move the needle in the direction towards freedom because that is the way through is through the feelings. It's not through all the things that we do to not feel. I mean, the obvious ones are like, you know, drugs and alcohol and gambling and sex and social media, but there's even more subtle ones like, this, uh, badge of honor that we love this idea of being super busy all the time. 
must have my calendar full because then I'm important. (laughs) Um, yeah, no, that's just another way not to feel. Yeah. 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 You can't be that focused. I'm sorry to tell you that you cannot focus even when you are totally in the flow and aligned, you are not going to be able to focus for eight hours straight doing anything, (laughs) even if it's something that brings you joy. (laughs) And yeah, we just, we, everything we do is about this trying to stop suffering. And unfortunately, the only way to stop suffering is to suffer a little bit often so that we don't have to suffer anymore. So we just right. always just keep squishing it down. I'm asking you to just go ahead and feel the feelings. They're going to suck. It's fine. You'll get over it. And as you just stop labeling it bad and awful and overwhelming and too much, guess what? It's neutral to the suffering. We're the ones that bring that. Right. The panic attacks, illusion. That's all. Like, I mean, my whole, like that whole anxiety disorder was about not feeling the feelings. It was because when I got to the pinnacle of the amount of anxiety I could experience, which I mean, I was holed up in my home. I wouldn't go anywhere. I was so afraid to leave because I was going to have a panic attack and like pass out on the side of the road and nobody would know. Right. (laughs) That was the, that was literally my thought process as crazy as that sounds. When I got to the pinnacle of that, guess what was on the other side? Nothing. There was nothing there. It was desert. I thought there would be some aha, some story, some latent, you know, pain that had happened, some story about that, that I had, you know, somehow like had amnesia about or something. Nothing. There was nothing there. It was created so I wouldn't feel those feelings. That's how powerful the brain is. That's Mm -hmm. how powerful we are. So if we can create that, we certainly can create the experience of joy. Yeah. We can certainly choose that over that other experience. Unfortunately, the only path through is through those feelings. We got to let them out. We got to get them out of our body so that we can be healthy. Yeah. Not suppress it. Exactly. Because if you suppress it, it's coming back. Uh, yeah. You know, that's the thing until, is it never goes get away. It out. Yeah. yeah. People think it's situational, right? They're like, oh, well, this job is really making me stressed out. So I'm going to switch jobs. I'm like, hate to tell you, but it's not the job, right? This is an inside job. This is you work on you. And then, yeah, maybe the job's not a good fit for you, but it's not because of the job that you're stressed out. It's because of you that you're stressed out. The job is just helping you see that. Right. It's really highlighting those yeah. facets. <laughs> exactly. Right. Pokes all your sore spots. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, Aaron, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. It's been a really awesome conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Um, is there anything that you'd like to plug your website stuff? I'll link it all in the description, but you know, just so people listening. Well, I always like to give away a free call. So if anybody is listening and wants to just get on a call, it's not a sales call. If you're interested in working with me, great, lovely. You'll let me know in that call. Otherwise, I love to just help people get on their path to joy and whatever that looks like. Um, so you can get that on my website, which is, uh, Aaron, E-R-I-N dash M-A-C dot com. 
Um, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I post, uh, weekly, I post a video of, um, sometimes strategies, sometimes just things to think about. Um, and so that's just a good resource to check in regularly. So you can go, oh, yeah, be, yeah, I should try this thing or something new. Um, and my website link is also in that Instagram. My Instagram handle is, uh, Aaron, E-R-I-N-M-A-C-L-L-C. And I have a book coming out. It's in the editing process right now. Um, Amazing. It'll be on Amazon. Fingers crossed. And well, doesn't matter. It will be on Amazon when it's going to be on Amazon. Right. Um, likely in the next month or so. Um, oh, and awesome. It's called Impenetrable Joy, a guide to uh, calm, peace of mind, and meaning in your life now. Um, and so it'll talk about that process that we touched on, but a little bit more thoroughly. Plus, it'll have a bunch of strategies and things that people can use in their life to create. Amazing. Thank you. I look forward to reading it. I'm okay. sure it'll be great. Um, but yeah, until next time, I hope to have you on again soon. Uh, but thank you very much. We'll speak soon. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It was a pleasure. Thank you. 